0: Praise the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles today, be turning with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'd like to talk to us today uh, about a, a, something that's very important in the body of Christ. Amen. And it's very important for you and I. And it's something that we're all familiar with, but we always need to be reminded sometimes of these things. And uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And the title of our lesson today will be called Spiritual Battle. Uh how many knows we're in a spiritual battle? Amen. The, uh, we're going to learn today that we we don't fight wars and and things uh, against the devil or or the demons of this world. We can't fight them naturally. We have to fight them in the spirit. And i uh, just like to share a few things like about that with you today. So uh, in this title, The Spiritual Battle, we're going to read 2 Corinthians uh, 10 and 3 through 5. And then I've got several other things I'd like to talk with you about. But Let's pray over this Word before we read and, and partake of this Word and ask that the Lord uh, open our eyes and our hearts. Amen. So let's do that this morning. Father, we come to You today in Jesus' name. We thank You, God, for a spirit of worship You've given us. Hallelujah. We thank You, Lord, for Your presence that's with us here now. We know. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank You, God, that, that just as Your Word said, where two or three are gathered in Your midst. You'd be there in the midst of them. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray for this word, which we're going to read today. We, le- we learn here today, and we're going to see that there is a spiritual battle going on for the souls of all the people on the face of the earth. And help us, Lord, to see and to understand way- the way that we need to fight these battles is not through earthly things or fleshly things, but through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because through the Spirit is where the strength is at. Amen. So, Father, we ask it in Jesus' name to open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds that we may understand and comprehend. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Spiritual battle. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, let's read those and then we're going to talk at length about them. And, and I'm just, it excites me sometimes that uh, sometimes the Lord will give you a long passage of scripture and you go all the way through it, and there's so many good things, it just it so makes uh, makes you so happy to read it. But today is is one of my favorite ways that the Lord gives me something is when He'll just give you one or two verses and then you can just go for about as long as you want to go. Amen. So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. The weapons of our warfare, that first phrase there that it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means we don't fight with sticks and stones and bullets and guns and missiles and and tanks and all those kinds of things. There's battles that are fought on this earth with those things. But the spiritual battle which we face as Christians, born again believers of Jesus Christ, we can't fight our battles that way. Amen. Because that's not where we make war. There's an unseen spiritual world of darkness. That's where the battle's being fought. The Bible talks about it in several different places. And, and I heard a friend of mine one time talk about it. He said, if we could just be, have the veil peeled back to see into the Spirit, we'd see what a real battle there is going on. But there's a battle going on for your soul right now and for your friends' souls and for your family's souls and everybody that's close to you. There's a battle going on for those things. There's a battle going on. The devil doesn't want him to be saved and God does want him to be saved. So therefore, there's a battle going on. Amen? <clears throat> this unseen spiritual world of darkness is, is the thing that Jesus was referring to when He was talking to the Pharisees. He said, but when I was teaching in the temple all this time and when I was doing the things here in Jerusalem that I've been doing, he said, you didn't come and get me then. You didn't come and, and arrest me then. He said, but now you are arresting me here toward the end. He said, because now your time has come and the power of the darkness has come. The exact words of, of Jesus was, but this is your hour and the power of the darkness. There is a dark world that is in the spirit. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 says it this way, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You see, when we, when we get mad and want to bust somebody in the jaw, or we want to get mad and shoot somebody or whatever, that's not doing anything to, to wage a war in the Spirit because then that Spirit has won the battle that, that you thought that you were going to take care of. See, we can't fight our battles in the flesh. We have to fight our battles. And we're going to see a common theme. And I'll go ahead and share it with you. But it's going to be through this whole lesson. You know how we wage war in the Spirit through the Word of God and prayer. That's the only weapons we have. The Bible says in one place that we need to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me tell you, all the, 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 the shield and the feet and all the things that the armor of God talks about, those are all great. Let me tell you, those are great. Those are fine. But I'm talking to you today about the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Word of God. Amen. That's our number one weapon. Amen. See, the other weapons are for protection. But there is a weapon where that when we speak God's Word, things happen in the Spirit. Amen. So that's where we wage the war. The kingdom of darkness is ruled by the devil. He's our enemy and he wants to destroy us. We need to be aware that there's somebody working against us. It's not such and such that we see over here being mean to us. There's a spirit influencing that person. I'm not saying that they're completely demon-possessed and got fangs like the movies makes it out of stuff, but they're so oppressed by the devil themselves that they make life hard on you and you have to recognize that. And when you see that person being mean to you and doing all those things, you can simply say, you know what? I know that there's a battle going on in the spirit and they want to try to defeat me, but I'm not going to let it happen. Amen? Because the Word of God gives me the victory. Amen? Praise God. So the kingdom of darkness is ruled by the devil. He is our enemy. And if we ever doubt that, we need to think about that the realm of this world, the natural world, at this point in time, until Jesus comes and completely rules over it, amen, is under the sway of the wicked one. It's under the sway of the devil. When, he was, when the devil was tempting Jesus, you know what one of the statements he said was? Let me read it to you so I don't want to get it wrong for you. The devil said to Jesus, All this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. And Jesus didn't say it wasn't true. Amen. Peter says this about the enemy that we have. Your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. There's somebody working against you, especially now that you've come to Jesus Christ. He wants to get an avenue into your life. He will send all his demons and all his cronies and do whatever they can. Amen? To try to cause you to fall or try to cause you to mess up. But we're going to be aware of his tricks. Amen? John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus called Satan the ruler of this world. That's how he referred to him. In 2 Corinthians, he's referred to the God of this age. He's blinded the eyes of a lot of people. You want to know why people can't get off drugs? You want to know why people can't get it out of their own way? It's Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. All they can see is sensual pleasure. All they can see is the things that makes them feel good. But they don't realize that there's nothing but emptiness there. Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Amen. The next phrase that it says right there. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But what? Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We just talked about that. But the next phrase it says. But are mighty in God. I want to stop with that point right there before we get to the strongholds. The Lord has never lost a battle. And guess whose side He's on? He's on our side. Amen? Mm-hmm. Our trust and our complete faith is in Him. Amen? Mm-hmm. You see, when it says that uh, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God, mm-hmm. God doesn't lose. Amen? Mm-hmm. He doesn't lose any battles. Every battle that he's ever waged, he's won. Everything that he wanted to be done has eventually been done. Amen? Amen. So God is on our side. Amen? We can trust in him. Listen to this this way. There was a time, one time, that you remember the prophet Elisha. Not Elijah, but Elisha. Remember, they had had got into a scrape there. These, These enemies had come down and surrounded the whole kingdom. And Elisha's servant was worried. He walked outside one day and he looked and he seen. All they seen was these chariots and peoples of war had come down against the people of Israel. And he said, oh, my master, what are we going to do? You know what Elisha said? Hallelujah. Let me quote it to you exactly. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hallelujah. God doesn't lose any battles. Amen. And then he goes on and said, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then all of a sudden his eyes was opened. And guess what he saw? He saw the whole hillsides filled with chariots of fire. And that's why Elisha could say, this battle is being fought in the spirit. What you see in the natural is just a manifestation of what's already taken place in the spirit. But now that his eyes were open, hallelujah, he could see that there really are more with us. Than there are with them. I want to tell you something today. No, 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 no. Angels are dispersed to help us, and we see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We see that God's angels are there to protect us. And I don't want to try to cast any any doubt or any light upon the workings of angels and stuff, but I can tell you something, that there also are fallen angels and they can deceive people. We have one better than even Elisha had. Hallelujah. Because once we've accepted Jesus Christ, the Bible says that there wasn't just an angel moved in, there wasn't an angel being dispersed to help us, but the Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. Hallelujah. And He doesn't lose battles. Praise God. The Holy Spirit has been given to the believers of Jesus Christ. And so when we battle in the Spirit, guess who the captain is? Amen. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hezekiah said one time, this guy had got, got made a big boast that he was going to do this and he was going to do that. And he said, I'm going to come down upon Hezekiah and I'm going to come down upon the land of Judah and I'm going to do this and do that and there's not going to be any kind of God that can stop me. That was the boast that the Shenecherib made. Amen. That's what he said, as I said, "I've devoured all these other nations, and their gods couldn't deliver them out of my hand. And who is the Lord that He's going to deliver you, where I'll wipe you all out and do as I please? And guess what Hezekiah said? I don't think so. Because he realized that there was a God in heaven who was on his side. He realized that there was a God of all creation who was seated in the heavens. They realized that the God at whom he served would devour whomever he decided to. Hallelujah. This is what Hezekiah said. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him, and here's the key, with him, talking about the enemy, is the arm of flesh. He had a lot of chariots, had a lot of horsemen, had a lot of warriors. And they really were outnumbered, actually. People of Israel and Judah there, they were outnumbered. But Hezekiah said, don't look at that. Don't look at the natural. He said, because they lean on the arms of flesh. With Him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Hallelujah. If the Holy Spirit is in you, the devil can't defeat you. Amen? If the Holy Spirit is with you, see, see, these guys were talking about Elisha and Hezekiah and some of the others. They were saying, the Lord's with us, right? The angels have been dispersed to help us with this battle. But God said, after we have accepted Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit has took up residence in you. Yes. Hallelujah. And so if the Holy Spirit is in me, guess what? Victory is in me. Amen. Hallelujah. There is more because He is the God of all creation. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in your mortal bodies, even after we die, it shall raise us back up again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Listen to this out of the book of Psalms. Hallelujah. Praise God for His goodness to us today. Hallelujah. This is what David said. This is what David said in the Psalm 18 when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of Saul and it even says they're in the hand of all his enemies. Here's how we fight spiritual battles. Amen. Listen to this. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Hallelujah. See, we've got to call upon the name of the Lord. See, if we start trying to fight it in a natural way, we're going to lose. Amen? Amen? But when we call upon the name of the Lord, hallelujah, guess what? He's going to hear and something's going to happen. Amen? Amen. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength in whom I will trust. Hallelujah. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Hallelujah. Na, 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 He'd been through the battles, amen. He had been through all them things that King David had. But now he's saying, listen, every time I called upon the Lord, He delivered me from the hand of my enemies because God is my strong tower. Hallelujah. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. Praise God. Hallelujah. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Praise God. So we're just two or three words into that phrase, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Why? Because God is great. Amen. There's nothing to compare to Him. Amen. Amen. The next part of that verse, in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. And there's a reason that they're mighty in God and it says it there in the last part of verse 4, for pulling down strongholds. You know the devil, he holds people in bondage. That's what he does. We learned about his kingdom just a moment ago, right? And he has the whole world under the sway of his, his thumb and, and, and the whole world lies in darkness because his kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. That's why Jesus was talked about in the Gospel of John. This is the light that came into the world. Hallelujah. The Bible says that while we're living in sin, that we're a slave to sin. We're in bondage to sin. Our people that we pray for that's not yet saved, they're they're in bondage to sin. They don't know how to get out. They try to turn over a new leaf and it goes good for a little while and then it don't work. They try therapy. They try this. They try rehab. They try all these things, but those are natural approaches to a spiritual problem and they won't work. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Hallelujah. So the devil holds people in bondage. We're a slave to sin while we live in sin. Things like, uh, I want you to think about this just for a minute, generational issues and family issues. There are people who are being raised, I know them right now, I I see them uh, on my school bus from time to time. They are being brought up in a household where they're doomed for failure. The parents are addicted to drugs. The parents are in and out of jail. All these kinds of things. And what chance do these children stand? What happens is is they end up in a generational curse, they call it. And it just repeats the cycle over and over and over and over. But there is one who can break that stronghold of the enemy. See, this is the power of God we're talking about that breaks the strongholds, the pulling down of those strongholds. See, the devil has people in bondage, but there's one greater than the one holding the stronghold. Amen. There's one called Jesus. Amen. And he's stronger than any stronghold the devil has. I talked about it a little bit last week. The the person that got saved in my family, they tell the story all the time, was my great-grandfather Butler. Amen. They said that nobody in our family had walked with God. Nobody even extended out through, through his immediate family or anybody else. But God saved him one day. And my grandmother told me this story. While he was drunk, passed out and paralyzed almost to die from alcohol poisoning, he had heard the gospel. And he said, you're going to have to save me, Lord, or I'll die here. Forgive me of my sin. And the rest is history, praise God. That changed that generational curse, not only for his immediate family, but for the ones that were tied to it, praise God. That's why we prayed last week. Lord, let it trickle down. Let it trickle up. Let it trickle wherever it has to go. But break the stronghold of the enemy. Praise God. It can be broken. Earthly addictions and, and earthly pleasures, drugs, alcohol, sex, and immorality. All those things. People are a slave to those things and they don't see that there's no fulfillment in them. That's a stronghold that the devil has. But Jesus Christ can break it. Amen. He doesn't lose battles. Amen. What did David say? I called on the Lord in my distress. And he heard me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to this real quick and this is the whole reason Jesus came. I want to share this with you. Jesus said when He went into the synagogue that day in the fourth chapter of Luke and I want to read it to get it exactly right and not not, uh, paraphrase it at all. I want to read it to you. Jesus stood up and He said He found a place where it was written this in the book of Isaiah. And He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The time had come for the stronghold to be broken. Amen. The devil had had the world uh, uh, in captivity all that time. And Jesus stood up and He said, Today, today, listen to what I'm here to say to you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To proclaim what? Liberty to the captives. Those that had been captive in sin and they couldn't get out of it any way they tried. They fought naturally, 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 naturally all those battles and they couldn't escape from sin. But Jesus said, I'm here and I'm going to help you escape. I'm going to provide a way for you to escape. And it was on His cross. Hallelujah. And recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oh, we know some people that's oppressed by the devil right now. And all they need to do is believe that gospel one day. Keep telling them the gospel. Keep proclaiming the word to them. And one of these days, that seed, it's going to generate, isn't it? And all of a sudden, they're going to say, you know what? I've tried everything else. I'm a captive to my own bad decisions. I can't get out of my own way and stumbling over my own feet. Maybe I'll give this Jesus a try. Because I've tried everything else. The Lord says, Oh, taste of the Lord and see that He is good and will not be disappointed. Praise God. Maybe that's what we need to tell somebody that we love. You've tried everything else. Now give the Lord Jesus Christ a try. Hallelujah. The Lord's not intimidated because He cannot fail. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Set at liberty those that are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. Pulls down the strongholds. Said this stronghold's not strong enough. I'll break it down. See, men back in those days, they would build cities and they'd build these big thick walls and tall and they'd fortify their city and it would take months sometimes, even a year for them to penetrate that wall, right? But Jesus just walks up there and with a word. He breaks down the strongholds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's enough To make me shout in here this morning, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God, hallelujah, can pull down the strongholds. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen what David said here. He prays for deliverance. What's the key? When we have a stronghold in our life that we can't defeat and we've tried everything, let's take it to the Lord. Lord, I've tried. I've tried to defeat this this way and I've tried this method and this formula. I've read this book and I've done this and I've tried everything I know to try. Finally, when we get to the end of ourselves, guess what? We can say, Lord, this is a spiritual battle and I've been fighting it in a natural way and I am not getting anywhere. I'm actually going backwards. So Lord, I need your help. Look what David said. I want to share this with you. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Listen what he said here. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of hell surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. They were right at my door. Here, the end of my life was right here. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. In my distress, when I was most afraid, when I didn't know what to do, I called upon the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to His name. And I cried out to my God. Here I am, Lord. And guess what the Bible says? David testified to this. He heard my voice from his temple. He's seated on his throne. His son, Jesus, seated at the right hand, making intercession. And when we pray and call out to the Lord in our distress, guess what? I heard that. Amen. He hears our cries. Hallelujah. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Praise God. Hallelujah. But mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The next thing in verse 5 that it says there, the next thing that the power of God will do in our life, amen, in this spiritual battle that we face, is to cast down arguments. King James says, imaginations. The word there simply means that these people imagine things that somehow or another, they're greater than God, that God has no power. And I remember I hear a lot of my my friends and family talk about back in the 60s, it was a big movement where people said, God is dead, He's no no longer alive. He proved them wrong, didn't He? Amen? Amen. Amen. But what does it mean that the power of God is spiritual power that will cast down imaginations and arguments? Things like vain philosophy through human reasoning and logic. Things like the Big Bang Theory or evolution and all these bunch of things. We confound that and we repudiate those things with the Word of God. I was reading a little study, a thing the other day, and these people are trying to say that, well, we know evolution is true because we have this evidence, this, that, and the other. You weren't there three million years ago to know, so how can you tell me? They tell us that life in the theory of evolution teaches us that life began in the water, in the ocean. Then how come a human being when it dies doesn't turn back into water? We turn back into what? Dust. Just like the Lord said, because dust you were made and dust thou shalt return. You see the Word of God has the answer for everything to cast down these imaginations and these false lies that the devil will tell us. False religions, it'll cast down false religions. These are just simply, I'm just going to start calling it like it is. All these other religions in the world are copycats. They don't like, they're jealous of Christianity and what it gives to its people and the change that it makes, so they make a copycat, and that's all the devil knows how to do, is be a copycat. These doctrines that have no power. What am I talking about? There's no power to change a person's life. All they do is train people to pray so many times a day. Or to kneel down and face a certain area on the map. What is that doing for anybody? <clears throat> there's no power in that. But there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it'll change your life. It can take people that was, that was lowly sinners. Some of the most, maybe even considered at one time the scum of the earth. Yeah. And save them. And set their feet on the rock. Hallelujah. Think about that. Cast down imaginations; these false religions, doctrines with no power, no truth, and no change in people's lives. Well, how do we refute that? How does the Lord use us in a spiritual battle to refute these lies and these these imaginations to cast them down? To 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 cast down those arguments. <clears throat> it's real simple. You speak God's word. They say, "Well, we believe that this is what happened: such and such and such." The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's all you've got to say. That's all you have to say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when they say, well, how can you prove it? I say, I can't prove it no better than you can prove your theory. Can you disprove mine? Can you prove that God didn't do it? That's what you need to ask them. And they'll say, "Uh, uh, 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 well, I I don't know. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Maybe it's maybe it's a, a battle or an, an argument that has arisen about the deity of Jesus Christ, whether He's really, truly the Savior or not. Listen to what this says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Amen. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was the life, And the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. When these false uh, doctrines come about and they start trying to say, well, we, we believe a little different than you and we believe in our prophet, this, this, and the other. Say, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and nothing was made without Him. And when you speak God's Word, I don't care who they are. I don't care how much knowledge they may have. When you speak the Word of God, that spiritual battle will shut their mouth right then they will not be able to refute it. Amen? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, right? So speaking God's Word is the only way. Amen. I like this out of the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit had been poured out, Peter stood up and he said this, and I love this verse. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. These imaginations, that's how we cast down these false doctrines and these false religions. God has testified that He has made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Case over. Now just abide in that and guess what? You'll actually see some real power in your life. You'll see some truth manifested in your life. You'll see a change in your life. praise god hallelujah the next thing that it says there in uh, verse 5 casting down the arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god that may mean earthly rulers now, we're taught as Christians that we get along and do the best we can and try not to cause a lot of trouble. But there are times when the Spirit of God will have us to fight a spiritual battle by simply speaking God's Word even to those in authority. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we have to do it. Samuel rebuked Saul, who was the king. He had just been anointed king just not long before this. And he messed up. And you know what Saul did? Uh, Samuel did? Why have you done wickedly before the Lord? He rebuked him to his face. Amen. Nathan rebuked David. He said, why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? Nathan was the prophet in that day. David was the great and mighty king, right? Who had done all these exploits. God sent Nathan to say to David, "Why why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? see there was a spiritual battle going on there amen absolutely it was elijah rebuked ahab you know ahab wasn't a very nice guy and if you got on his wrong side he'd get after you and then if he couldn't get you he'd get jezebel his wife to get you right she was mean and so could you imagine when elijah had to go and give him the message you're wicked And God's going to cut off your house. And you're not going to continue. And the same place that they've licked other people's blood up, they're going to lick your blood too. Can you imagine the spiritual battle that was going on there? But God said, we're not waging this war in the natural, but in the spirit, by the word of God. Amen. John the Baptist, sorry, I've seen the word rebuke. John the Baptist rebuked Herod. John the Baptist told a pagan king who had nothing to do with Judaism. He said, you can't have your brother's wife. God says that's not right. And that's the thing that ended up getting him in trouble and getting him arrested, wasn't it? But it was a spiritual battle that was being waged there. And he fought that battle with the Word of God. Amen? Jesus rebuked the religious elites of his day. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the scribes, all those people, the lawyers they called them. You know what Jesus told them that day? How are you going to escape the damnation of hell? How? Because they were rejecting Him. So See, sometimes the spiritual battle will be simply to say God's Word and the truth of God's Word to whomever it may need to go to. Amen? And the apostles refused to stop preaching the name of Jesus. (laughs) think about it they were preaching the name of Jesus and people was getting saved healed delivered finding joy for the first time in their life all these strongholds had come down right and these people were over here I don't like that and they would take those guys and beat them in public they said we forbid you to preach that under that name anymore you know what they said we'd rather obey God than obey man Sometimes we have to speak the Word to authority. Amen? That's a spiritual battle. I'm telling you that right now. Amen? Sometimes the casting down of a high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, and we're circling in for a landing here. <clears throat> False prophets within the Christian faith. I'm not talking about the ones starting other religions. The Lord showed me this this week, and He's been showing me for a while, and I wanted to include it here there are a lot of false prophets within christianity that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of god because they're speaking things that's against this right here amen that's where our key is at what well, we talk about to start with the key is the word of god in prayer amen and if it doesn't line up with the word of god then it's to be refused amen They're professing to know and to reveal new mysteries and talking about they've understood all these great mysteries that not even Daniel or John the Revelator were able to understand. There's people that swelled up and tried to say that they know when the Lord's coming back, when the Lord said nobody knows the hour. It's going to come as a thief in the night. It's going to come quickly, just like lightning streaking across the sky. Amen. Amen. So we have to sometimes cast down imaginations And these things that people exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. They try to, they think they know everything for some reason. They don't realize they're under the influence of a false spirit, of a lying spirit. Amen. Hey, I hear them talking all the time, and and it's really starting to get under my skin, and that's why I know we have to pray. They're talking about this thing, saying, well, if we'll do this, this, and this that the Lord told me He's going to to release a new anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released. And He said it was for anybody who wanted it. Amen. It was anybody who would come to Jesus Christ could receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. These people talking about they're going to release this and they've got the power to do this. They don't have the power to control the Holy Spirit. Don't believe those bunch of lies. They talk about all this new anointing and fresh anointing. The Holy Spirit's been poured out and He hasn't ceased to be poured out since the day He was given. Amen. This is to your children and your children's children and as many as God will call those as far off, whoever it may be, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. We don't need to go following off all these people. That's what Jesus was talking about. Saying if they say He's over here, Don't go there. If He's over in the secret chambers here. See, these people always want to draw you away some reason or another. They want to draw you away and say, oh, we've got this new fresh thing that's going on. We don't need anything new and fresh. We just need Jesus. Amen. Because He's alive and well. We need Him in our life. Hallelujah. So sometimes we've got to cast down these high things. People prophesying things that don't come to pass. The Bible says that in the Old Testament and it's also in the New. If a man claims to be a prophet and he speaks something that doesn't happen, he's not a prophet that God didn't send him. When somebody prophesies from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, prophesies under the inspiration of God Almighty, what they say will come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Prophesying vague things. Oh, well, I see that there's good in your future. Or I see that you've got a struggle coming. What kind of mess is that? The Lord doesn't prophesy vaguely. He gets right where people are at. And He tells them specific things. Did not He tell Ahab, you're going to die out here and you're not even going to be buried. You're going to lick your blood right up out of all this stuff. Didn't He tell Jezebel that you're not going to be buried in a tomb and be honored in any way? He said, you're going to lay out here and the dogs are going to eat your flesh. And that's what happened. Amen? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest prophet that ever lived because He was the Son of God. That's the only reason I refer to Him as a prophet. He was greater than a prophet, but of men who have ever prophesied, none greater than Jesus Christ. And what did He say? If you'll believe in Me and put your trust in Me and My finished work on the cross, you will live forever. Hallelujah. That Word will come to pass. Amen. So these people running around speaking these lies and prophesying things that don't happen and just these old vague things, well, it's nothing more than superstition like these things when people say well if a black cat crosses your path that means bad luck you know what you know what happens then you go and you say okay i remember that and the next bad thing that happens you'll say oh it was because of that black cat but if it was reversed and say it was the black cat crossed your path and something good would happen the next time something good happened, oh, it was because of the black cat right god doesn't prophesy that way he's specific and he gives us details He doesn't lead us into this vague bunch of stuff and ramblings and on and on and on. The Spirit of the Lord is direct. Hallelujah. When He speaks, you'll know that it's Him speaking. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then there's people we have to cast down speaking lies that contradict the Word of God. People are trying to say that we've got to adapt the Bible to fit society. God says, my word is settled in heaven forever. It will not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing his mind. Amen. He's not telling all these people to live a certain way and then all of a sudden saying, oh, wait a minute. No, that doesn't count for you guys because everybody in your society uh, wants to just do what makes them feel good. So I'll adapt it. I'll amend my word. No, he does not amend his word. So when somebody speaks a lie that goes against the word of God, no matter what it is, reject it. Because that's a spiritual battle that's being being placed on you. Amen. So We don't believe those things. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. And the last thing, and this is our last point this morning. Hallelujah. Verse 5, excuse me. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This last thing, it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is a spiritual battle. Because see those spirits, those unclean spirits that want to pull you away, they'll put thoughts in your head. And they'll make the things that are forbidden look like the thing to be desired. Just like with Eve, right? We have to cast that down. No. I'm going to bring even my thoughts into the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? I like this little phrase the Lord gave me. And I'd like to take credit for it, but I can't because He gave it to me. This means to take our thoughts captive instead of letting them captivate us. Take our thoughts captive instead of letting our thoughts captivate us. See, the thought comes from where we don't know. The enemy, all these things, all these different things bombarding our mind. But when that thought comes and it registers, we start then processing it. Is this of God? Is this line up with the Word of God? And if it doesn't, then we have to reject it. Take it captive and say, don't want that anymore. And see, but if we start to entertain those thoughts, that means those thoughts are starting to captivate our mind. And everything that men do starts up here. Think about it. Starts as an idea. Then an idea becomes a plan. And then a plan becomes an action. Think about that. Take even our thoughts captive. Don't let them take us captive. How do we do that? We abide in God's Word. In our Bible studies we've been doing out of 1 John, it says abide in Christ. Abide in Him. We abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. We abide in this Word. We do everything that we possibly can to make sure we're following this Word. Amen. We're taking our thoughts captive, right? Listen to this out of Psalms, and we'll close with this, this, this uh, statement out of Psalms. It says there in Psalms 119, this is a familiar passage, but I'll read it to you. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can a person become right with God? How, do we, how can we do that? I've got all this going on and I keep finding myself doing the wrong thing when I actually would I'd rather do the right thing but I find myself doing the wrong thing. By taking heed, this is the question. How can a young man cleanse his way? <clears throat> By taking heed according to your word. Don't matter what book somebody wrote, it might be a best-selling book, it don't matter what kind of speech somebody's give that sounds good to our flesh. It lines up with this. Amen. I will take heed to God's word. Hallelujah. And if I'm following God's word, you cannot accuse me. Amen. Amen. Taking heed according to your word. And in verse 10, this is you'll recognize this once we get down to it. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Lord, I know I blow it. Sometimes I get it wrong. But Lord, I want what you want. That's why it's so important to take this word from time to time. At least hopefully every day we can. I hope that we can every day. But if not, a couple times a week at least. Lord, show me what you want in my life. Train me the way you want me to go. That's what David's cry was that day when he wrote this down. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from Your commandments. Let me not wander away from what You have taught me. And then here's this very famous verse. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. There's the difference in Christianity today. There are people believing they can live any old way and they don't ever pick this up and look at it. But if you hide it in your heart for the reason that, Lord, I don't want to break Your commandment. I don't want to sin against You, O Lord. Lord, I've hidden Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. Hallelujah. I would never, never, never Want to disappoint my wife or my children? How much more so with God? I don't want to do something that the Lord has to be embarrassed of me or scold me or fuss at me. That's what David is saying here. Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. teach me your statutes. There's things we go through sometimes. I know that it's hard as we're going through it and we don't see sometimes how that being a good Christian about it's going to be the best thing, but just keep fighting that good fight. If the Lord says turn the other cheek, sometimes we just have to turn the other cheek. Eventually it's going to play out. Amen. Eventually it's going to play out. We wage war in the Spirit. Our weapons are the Word of God, the Bible, and prayer. Jesus said this, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth. What does He mean by that? There's a spiritual battle going on. We need to be aware. And it even affects even our thoughts. And so when those old crazy thoughts of sinful things or lustful things comes into our mind, just take it captive and say, Lord, I don't want this thought in my mind. I know it's not of You. It's not of Your Word. And Lord, I don't want it. Help me to get rid of it. And what does the Bible say? He hears. He hears. Amen. There is a spiritual battle for your soul, for your families, your friends, your co-workers. Keep talking and speaking the Word of God. Keep living the Word of God. Amen. Because it's going to be a constant battle. Dad was talking about it one time and Michelle and I, we have loved how he said that. The devil's relentless. He's relentless. But so is the Lord. Amen. Amen. And he's ready, willing, and able. That's the main part. He's able. Amen. Amen. To win our victories. So we have to be aware. Though we live in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. We war in the spirit through the Word of God and prayer. Sometimes we need to pray. We don't know what to say. Sometimes maybe we need to just go find a verse like maybe Psalm 18, Psalm 119, Psalm 23. Maybe we need to find a place. Find a scripture and pray that very scripture to the Lord in your circumstance. Lord, I don't see how this is going to work out and I'm scared to death. Go and read it. It said, Lord, I see here that it says this and you read that and then you pray it to the Lord. And guess what? He's faithful. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this morning father we come to you as we close this service we thank you god for your goodness to us we thank you for your presence we thank you for your word we thank you for this lesson which you've given us oh lord we all can take well to to heed this lesson lord we we want to be aware that we're fighting a spiritual battle help us lord not be lured into the trap of fighting spiritual battles in the flesh as they'll never work all we'll do is make a mess and make more trouble Help us, Lord, to realize that those that work against us are working against us for a reason. They're being used by the enemy may not even realize it. So, Lord, we pray, God, that you just help us in these spiritual battles. That through the Word of God and through prayer, we'll be victorious because you were victorious on the cross. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for each and every one that you keep them safe. The next appointed time we meet, Lord, and help us be aware of hidden dangers in our lives and aware of these spiritual battles which we face. For we know, God, that you're with us and you dwell in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep us all safe until the next appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.